Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 15 about how to encourage and build up one another. 1 Thessalonians 5. We're going to stand if you are able to stand for the reading of the text. We'll start in verse 11 and we'll move up to verse 18. Therefore, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. But we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction, that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. We urge you, brethren, 14, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You may be seated, and I pray that the Lord would write his word upon our hearts. Now we've come off a uh, couple of messages on the day of the Lord. That teaching began at 4.13 and took us to chapter 5, verse 11. And we took uh, actually three different Sundays to teach on the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord is the day when God comes, when Jesus returns, to rescue his people and pour his wrath out. It's a day of judgment, but it's also a day of rescue. It's a day of resurrection and a day of rapture. It's a day when the Lord will pour out his wrath that he's been holding back for quite a long time, and then he will make new heavens and a new earth wherein righteousness dwells. We know how the story ends. Praise God. And we are looking for new heavens and a new earth. And Peter says, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be, 2 Peter 3.11, in holy conduct and godliness. If everything is going to be destroyed in this way, if, this, if everything that we see is temporal, except for God and his people, then w- how should we live? How then shall we live? Some people might think after a couple of messages on the day of the Lord, Paul might say, now this is how you stockpile food should these days approach. Or, hey, if you see this coming, put a white robe on and go to the highest mountain and wait for the Lord because you'll be closer to him when he comes. But that's not what Paul says. And that may be appropriate for a generation that has to deal with a rough period of time. I'm not saying that that's inappropriate, but that's not Paul's focus at all. Paul's focus is going to be on your ministry to other people and your own walk with the Lord. That's where our focus needs to be in light of the second coming. And I wrote in my notes, am I doing this? Are you doing this? Now, a few verses that lead us up foundationally. In 1 Thessalonians 5.5, take a look. It says, this is an identity verse. You are all, 
if you're a believer, sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do. Let us be alert and sober. Skip down to verse 8. Since we are of the day, since this is who we are, we are children of light, let us be sober having put on, there's something that we need to do, put on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. And then all the way down to 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. There's a lot of discouraged people in our world. There's no doubt about it. And the church is supposed to be a place for encouragement. And encouragement can come in many different forms. Encouragement, if you're looking for a definition, means to put courage into people. It means to build up other people. In fact, both of the uh, ideas in verse 11, take a look, encourage one another and build up one another, really are the same thing. You can't encourage somebody without building them up. Amen? See, we need to be those who are encouraging one another to love and good deeds. Now, at the heart of the debate in the last several months has been Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. That we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the habit of some, but we're to encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Pray tell, how can we encourage one another if we're not with one another? Amen? Now, I know some people have needed to stay away for health reasons, and that's understandable. But at some point, the church needs to get back together. To encourage one another. How sweet was the worship that just took place, folks? How sweet was that? There is something about the corporate body of Christ together singing God inhabits the praises of his people. We re-enthrone him, if you will, upon our hearts corporately when we come together. How we need that. And I believe in many ways the churches having been attacked especially in California, has not really been about a virus. It's been about another agenda. And I'm not saying that there's no virus. And I'm not saying that people haven't gotten sick. But I'm saying at some point, enough is enough. Right? Because this is the one place where people are going to find hope and encouragement. And when you take that away, it really hurts people. I heard Pastor Jack uh, the other day, or actually yesterday, and he was speaking about a little girl who, was, uh, who is eight years old, and she recently got baptized. They baptized recently over a 1,000 people. And this little girl ran away from home, and she was finally found, and she said that she was looking for her classmates. She went on the hunt looking for her schoolmates because she felt isolated and alone. And that's what's been happening. And a lot of people have felt isolated and alone, and we were not built to do that, and especially not as the church. We're to come together and encourage one another. This is so important. And there's been another agenda working, and I'll just say this. It's been really a spiritual agenda. It's been coming from the enemy. And we need to stand with one another 
And we need to be a voice in our generation. This is no time to go into hiding. This is no time to uh, be a secret agent Christian. This is a time for us to stand, and not only for us, but for future generations. Do you agree? And so we need to encourage one another. Parakaleo is the Greek word for encourage. And uh, this particular word means to summon. It means to exhort. It means to comfort. It can have different nuances of meaning. It can be to entreat, to beseech, to implore. I summon you. I encourage you. We are to do this. This is one of the 59 one another commands in the New Testament. We are to encourage one another. This is something that we need to do for one another in light of whatever days we're living in, whatever country you're living in, whatever state you're living in. We have people that have joined us via live stream in other states. Whatever the situation may be, we need encouragement. Are you an encourager? You know, we could all get better at that. There's a guy in our New Testament named Barnabas, and he was renamed by the apostles the son of encouragement. When the Bible says you are sons of day or sons of light, that means that's what you're known by. When you're the son of somebody in the Bible, that's, that's your link. Son of this person, son of that person, daughter of this person. Well, in the same way, when you're called a son of light, that means you're a son of God, a daughter of God. When you're a son of day. And here, when we are encouraging one another, this is what we're to be known for. Barnabas was known as a son of encouragement. He went around encouraging other people. Instead of taking courage out of people, he was putting it into people. Lately, what have you been doing? Do you get together with your friends and you're just like, oh, everything's terrible. We're all going to hell in a handbasket, baby. Stockpile food. You know, it's over. It's all over. Or are you saying, no, our God is reigning. Sometimes I have to encourage myself in the Lord. I'll show you a quick example. 1 Samuel 23. Okay, so you got the first five books of Moses. Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel. If you don't want to turn there, just listen to it. But I think there's value in turning to this particular passage. There was a great friendship between Jonathan and David, 1 Samuel 23. And David had a lot of rough patches in his life. Uh, in this case, he's out in the wilderness in the strongholds, 23.14. And the Bible reads this way. And David stayed in the wilderness, 1 Samuel 23.14, in the strongholds and remained in the hill country in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day. That was his dilemma. Saul wanted to kill David and he sought for him every single day. I know we have issues and problems in our lives, but imagine the king of your country wanting to kill you every day that you woke up. You knew he wanted to kill you. That was his agenda for the day. That would be a bit unnerving, to say the least. And it says, Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. Our God is sovereign. God would not let it happen. 15. Now David became aware that Saul had come out to seek his life. While David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horesh. And Jonathan, Saul's son, went to David at Horesh. What's your Bible say? He encouraged him in God. Or NIV, he helped him find strength in God. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on donate. Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team invite you to Harvest Fest 2020. Harvest Fest is free and will be outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. This is an entertaining, fun, and safe way for your family to spend October 31st. You and the kids will enjoy fun activities like trunks of treats, find your way through a life-size maze, play games like the cakewalk, and of course, have a chance to fellowship with worship music. Again, bring your family and friends and come out and meet Pastor Michael at Harvest Fest, October 31st from 6 to 8.30 p.m. outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Call 844-48-TRUTH for information and directions. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. You get together with your friends and you just, ah, everything's terrible. We're all going to hell in a handbasket, baby. Stockpile food. You know, it's over, it's all over. Or are you saying no? Our God is reigning. Sometimes I have to encourage myself in the Lord. I'll show you a quick example. 1 Samuel 23. Okay, so you got the first five books of Moses. Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel. If you don't want to turn there, just listen to it. But I think there's value in turning to this particular passage. There was a great friendship between Jonathan and David, 1 Samuel 23. And David had a lot of rough patches in his life. Uh, in this case, he's out in the wilderness in the strongholds, 2314. And the Bible reads this way. And David stayed in the wilderness, 1 Samuel 2314, in the strongholds and remained in the hill country in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day. That was his dilemma. Saul wanted to kill David and he sought for him every single day. I know we have issues and problems in our lives. But imagine the king of your country wanting to kill you every day that you woke up. You knew he wanted to kill you. That was his agenda for the day. That would be a bit unnerving, to say the least. And it says, Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. Our God is sovereign. God would not let it happen. 15. Now David became aware that Saul had come out to seek his life. While David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horesh, and Jonathan, Saul's son, went to David at Horesh. What's your Bible say? He encouraged him in God. Or NIV, he helped him find strength in God. What a beautiful statement about Jonathan. And by the way, rightfully speaking, if it was done according to the typical order, Jonathan being the son of Saul, was supposed to be the one who 
would receive the throne, but that was not God's choice. David was. And Jonathan was willing to step out of the way so that David could take his rightful place according to God. And not just step out of the way, but to be an encourager to the future king, to David. That is humility, folks. And that's what an encourager does. An encourager says, I'm not going to worry about myself. I'm going to worry about others. And I'm going to try to put courage into them. And he helped him find strength in the Lord. And he said to him, 17, do not be afraid because the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You will be king over Israel and I will be next to you. He made David look to God and his promises. This is how you encourage And he said, and I'm going to be standing with you when this happens. And Saul, my father, knows that also. Don't be afraid. God's plan will come to pass. If you turn back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, let me read to you Romans 15, uh, 4 through 6. Just write it down for your notes. It says, whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, including what I just shared with you with Jonathan and David that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement, Romans 15, 5, grant you to be of the same mind with one, one another according to Christ Jesus. One of the highest duties, says William Barclay, of the church is encouragement. It is easy to laugh at men's ideals. It is easy to pour cold, cold water on their enthusiasm. It is easy to discourage others. The world is full of discouragers. We have a Christian duty to encourage one another. Many a time, a word of praise or thanks or appreciation or sheer has kept a man on his feet. Blessed is the man who speaks such a word, close quote. I want to be characterized by encouragement. I want to be a person who encourages one another encourages others, puts courage into people. How about this week, you make it your goal to text somebody every day and put courage into them? How about you share a favorite Bible verse? How about you pray and say, Lord, who could I reach out to today? Give me one name that I can encourage via a text, via a phone call. Just say, hey, you've been on my heart. I've been thinking about you. I know you've been through something and This is a verse that I think could encourage your day. I know a lot of you are doing that, but I pray that we would do that all the more. 1 Thessalonians 5.12, we'll keep moving. But we request or entreat of you, brethren, the church, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you. Now, another set of individuals that need encouragement is not just uh, the congregants of a fellowship, but it's the pastors of a fellowship. Because pastors are people too. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. And you guys have done a tremendous job of keeping us encouraged. You do it with Snickers bars. It's just a tremendous (laughs) blessing. Uh, Frozen yogurt gift cards. Really, I think you get rewards in heaven for those. Just so you guys know. But I was thinking the other day of men who have taken bold stands in our state, like Rob McCoy in Thousand Oaks, Jack Hibbs in Chino Hills, John MacArthur in Los Angeles. And uh, every week, these men are getting cease and desist orders 
sent to their churches, and uh, they are getting uh, signs posted uh, on their door. And by the way, if they don't let county health officials to post those signs onto the property, they get an additional $500 fine. So I was checking out this blog, and this guy's been keeping up with what's going on with John MacArthur. And he said county health officials from L.A. County showed up at the church, and in order to spare the fine for the church, they walked those county health officials onto the property, and I think there was three of them, and they escorted them into the building to post their signs. And those county workers actually stayed the whole church service. Yeah, and they heard the gospel. Oh, by the way, two of, two of the three of them were already born-again Christians. And they communicated to this guy who does these blogs that they got paid to sit through John MacArthur's church service. Praise the Lord. Not only that, their friend got to hear the gospel who doesn't know the Lord. And they said that 90% of the people who work for the county think what's happening is absolutely ridiculous and they hate it. So don't think that just because a few people at the top are pulling their shenanigans that everybody's in agreement. There is a silent majority in this state and in this country that needs to rise up. Amen? And say enough is enough of this stuff. And praise the Lord that those men have decided to keep standing. And they've said, you know what, our doors are going to be open because I don't believe it's my job to shut the doors of the church. This is not my church. And I know there's all these differing opinions on what we should or shouldn't be doing, but I'll say this to you. We have a mandate to be together and encourage one another. We need it. We need it desperately. And by the way, of all these churches that have been open, 7,000 people coming to MacArthur's church. I think Jack's church in Chino Hills is now at about 15,000 people. No cases of COVID sickness. So, hello. Also heard John MacArthur recently say that in our state, one one-hundredth of one percent of people in California have COVID right now. One one-hundredth of one percent of people have COVID right now. So what is the state of emergency that we have? Again, if you've been affected by this, I am not trying to tell you there's not a real virus. But the reaction to what is actually reality right now is making me ask some serious questions about what's really going on here. And I praise God that we have men of God who have said, you know what, we're going to stand. We're going to obey God rather than men. We're going to be wise. We're going to be careful. We're going to try to love each other through it. But I would tell you, if you haven't been, would you be praying for names that you know of? Uh, And I'm not talking about just in this state, but all over the country and for that matter, the world. And there's others that I could have mentioned. Would you be praying for these pastors? Because they need our prayers. You could be assured that the target on some of these guys' chests is huge and you may not fully understand nor may i the spiritual warfare that they go through on a daily basis it's not this is not easy stuff you've been listening to encourage and build up one another part one on walk in truth 
Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12-15. through 15. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Like most of the world, Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're trying to connect people with positive posts from Pastor Michael's teaching and the Bible. You can actually help spread the word by sharing our posts on whatever platform you're on. Just search Walk in Truth Show. Pastor Michael is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California. And if you live in Southern California, we'd love it if you and your family would come to our free outdoor harvest fest this Saturday, starting at 6 p.m. There'll be trunks of treats, a fun maze, a cakewalk. That sounds easy. And many other activities. You can meet Pastor Michael, let the kids dress up, and come spend some time at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. We're right off the 91 Freeway at Lincoln Avenue. The address is 1009 Arsenal Way. You can get that information when you download the Living Truth app or by calling the church during normal business hours, Tuesday through Friday at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. And before you go, we'd like to mention that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's just part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please give your $5 donation at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 15, about how to encourage and build up one another. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.